Hello, my name is Daniel Kelly and this is May Contain, the podcast breaking the stigma of what it's really like living with a severe food allergy. I have lived with a peanut allergy since I was five, so I'll be talking about the different situations I've come across over the last 20 years living with food allergy, whether that's dating, going out with your friends, living abroad, hopefully give you guys like a really good insight into what it's like living with food allergy. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Make Contain. So I'm super excited about this episode because I'm joined by Julianne from the Creative Nature. And a lot of you guys know about Creative Nature. It's a free from allergy product brand, which is free from the top 14 allergens. So they do like cake mixes, they do nobles, they do all these amazing free from products. And it was amazing to kind of sit down with Julianne to find out a bit more about her story. And it's really insightful and actually really inspiring as well. Like what she's achieved at like such a young age and she's in Forbes under 30 people to look out for in 2019 and I know she inspires me and so many other people in the allergy community. I felt honoured to kind of sit down with her to kind of share her story of how she started a free from our allergy products to kind of her journey like managing allergies like growing up and I really left this podcast feeling like really inspired and it was so inspirational to kind of find out more about the products and the brands. Just very quickly before we get to the podcast, make sure to subscribe to Make Contain so you don't miss out on any future episodes. And if you enjoyed the Make Contain episode today, make sure to leave me a view on iTunes. Get yourself a cup of tea, get yourself a few biscuits and let's get to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm really excited to be on the podcast. I know. We, we've met obviously, um, we met on like a film set. Obviously we can't kind of go into too much detail about that but I think that's the first time we, we met in person but I think we spoke quite a lot online before that didn't we? Yeah we spoke quite a bit we tried to get it get a podcast in but it just never worked out and then we ended up meeting at this this yeah. film set so yeah it was really cool. I know it's been amazing to kind of like follow your journey like it looks like you've done so many amazing things over the last like is it four is it four or five years now? Well, it's nearly seven now. It feels it feels a long time ago that I started it all. But it's it's crazy to think that at the beginning, it was literally just from my kitchen and like started from like literally going out on Kingston High Street and sampling. So in regards to those listeners who might not know about Creative Nature and a little bit about yourself, could you do a bit of like an introduction to kind of describe a bit about Creative Nature and how it got started. Yeah, so Creative Nature in itself is a free-from brand and um, we cater for the top 14 allergens. So do things like baking mixes, snack bars, um, superfoods and our latest edition, Norbles, um, which are all delicious without doubt products. And the reason why they are that is because of my own allergies. So... I, I had uh, my first diagnosis when I was two years old um, and I basically ate a cookie at nursery, uh, collapsed, went into anaphylactic shock, but my parents didn't know anything at the time about my allergies and it doesn't run in my, it didn't run in my family. So they literally just got a call from the school saying, your daughter's collapsed, she's not breathing. What, what should we do? Um, and the first thing was, have you called the ambulance? But obviously they had. Um, I was rushed into, into intensive care and luckily uh, they managed to get me breathing again um, in time. But that was probably the scariest attack for my parents because they had never, like, they don't know. Yes. <laughs> kind of being in that unknown, isn't it? And you like, when you have that first like allergic reaction you don't know what it is you don't know why your body is like reacting that way I can imagine it's like quite scary did they do all the tests and when when did you get diagnosed with all the different allergies did they find out straight away or was that later on 
we did quite a lot of tests. So back then it was not, it was not as um, sort of prevalent and not many people had it. So I had made, it was just me in my year actually in school. So it wasn't really heard of, but yeah, I got a lot of like allergy tests. And that, when we had allergy tests at the beginning, um, it was like literally just like a scratching on your, um, yes. on your, do you oh, remember it? Yeah. And, uh, it would literally come up if you were allergic, etc. Um, and then you would do the challenge tests as well. I absolutely loved the challenge test because then you could actually get to try, like you could pick what you could try. So I never tried that. So what? So what's the challenge test? Is it where they give you like a small amount of an allergen to see how your body reacts to it? Yeah. So say, um, like for example, I picked once a curly whirly um, chocolate bar to see if I'd have an allergy because of nuts, etc. And they will give you a tiny bit, but it'll be in a controlled scenario. Um, and it will have to be one of the allergies you're, it's, that aren't airborne, for example, um, yeah. because obviously they, they can't take that risk, um, especially on a young child. But yeah, you get to actually try it. So it's really cool and you get to pick what you want. Um, I don't know if they do it as much anymore because every time I go for an allergy test, like when I've been older, it's been like a blood test. So... Do you still go for allergy tests quite a lot now? Because I remember the last time I went was 18 and I'm like 27 now. So it's been quite a few years. Yeah, maybe. Um, but no, I haven't been in a good few years. Uh, but when I was younger, we went every six months. So yes, just to see. So how many allergies do you live with now then? I don't know off the top of my head how many. That's really bad, but... A, a lot so it's like peanuts tree nuts sesame chickpeas lentils poppy seeds a lot of stabilizers um some preservatives yeah there's, did, there's a lot did you find then like growing up with like all these different allergies did it affect you when it when you obviously go to like kids parties for example and obviously like not being able to have like the birth cakes did that do you remember kind of experiencing that like going going to these parties and be like, oh, I really want that, but I can't. Yeah, but sometimes my parents wouldn't let me go to the parties. I think that was the main, uh, like, why can't I go? Um, yeah. Especially when people had parties quite a lot when you're in primary school um, and everyone, like the whole class would be invited. So you'd want to go. Um, but that was always a major issue. And then if I did go, sometimes I'd be allowed to like my close friends ones. Um, and then it would be like, don't eat that, don't touch that, make sure. And then I, I don't know, I just felt so insecure, I guess, about what I should and shouldn't do. And I was quite like, I really want to try something, but yes. just to be normal, just to be like everyone else. Um, but yeah, it was difficult. I think that nowadays it's probably a lot easier because more pe more children have the allergies. So did you find that obviously you obviously growing up, obviously like going to university and I think after university you got you got a job in Beijing. How did you find that then living with so many allergies, like being in a, a foreign country, like away from home? I applied for the job in Beijing um, probably because I wanted something different and I really wanted to travel a lot more. Um, and my dad always said like, no risk, no fun. You've, you've got to go out there. You've got to live your life. Whereas my mum was very protective. So when I told her I got the job, she was like, you, no, like that can't happen. You know, you've got, like, how, how will you be able to live? And I was like, 
I'm going to live like a normal person. And she's just like, no, no, no. She's like, you don't understand. Like they do use sesame oil. They use peanut oil in everything. And that was quite true. They did use a lot of those type of oils and they didn't really understand allergies. Um, oh, really? No, not very well. Um, it was more sort of, oh, you can have a little bit of it. So they thought if it just had some traces in it, it would be fine. Oh, no. But that I think that's, that's just understanding and education. Um, and in, in China, um, in Beijing in particular, because I worked in the uh, banking industry, um, if you, um, it's called losing face. Basically, it's like disrespecting someone. So if they buy you a meal or they give you a drink, you really do need to eat it. And you, it's just sort of that culture. Um, and like, it's like cheersing. You have to like go lower and lower until like you're at the floor when you cheers them. Um, and that I found that really difficult because we had to go out for a lot of meals. Cause when you're in banking, you wine and dine people um, and you're yes. out with a lot yeah, of clients. So yeah, that was, that was probably the toughest part. And I had to at one stage um, in the middle of a dinner say, I can't, I'm not going to eat that. And that was a big sort of shift. Um, but luckily the one, one of my bosses was American born. So he understood um, why um, yeah. I did that so it wasn't the end of the world that's so fascinating I wouldn't even like imagine like like you said like it's so different in different cultures and like you said if someone offers something and you say no I've got allergies and they might not quite understand that but like, I think it's so like it's so important like you said to always be like if you're not comfortable and you can't eat it then be like you know what guys I can't eat it but it's quite it's quite fascinating isn't it how it's like different in different cultures how people kind of like how they react that. yeah yeah. And it's good to carry something with you. So obviously they speak a different language. So I used to have to carry a, um, like a card around just saying my most severe allergies. Um, but then again, it didn't really help because I ended up having allergies to things that I didn't know were, were in the meals. So in Beijing, was this the first time? Obviously, so was your banking then? Is it analysis? A financial an analyst. So was was that the first time you kind of come across creative nature, or was it, or was it until you got back to the UK? Uh, mainly when I got back to the UK, um, it was that was when I did a management buyout of Creative Nature. But the company itself was doing things like candles and like incense and statues, like nothing to do with what we're doing now. I probably okay. should have just started a new company from scratch realistically i was gonna say that so you kind of like you kind of obviously bought like the license and then, then the name and then you you kind of seen the opportunity at the time then to do something within the the free from market and what was really interesting is like the free from market wasn't a massive then back then comparing obviously in comparison to now it's absolutely huge and there's so many products like out there now so did you see like a massive opportunity where you could cater for people like yourself yeah, I always wanted to do something that would make a difference. Like I've always, since I was I don't know, a child, and I, and I guess yeah. business is in my blood. I used to sort of sell ice cream at university and just do do random crazy things, um, even to just get pocket money. So um, yeah, I think it was always a, a thing for me. And food has always been an issue. So them yeah. two together kind of make the perfect like problem that I had to fix um and they say that business always comes out of like a necessity usually 
So, I mean, look at your podcast. It, you, you're doing it to yeah. raise awareness. Yeah, I would never have it if or if it didn't have all these. Obviously, if it didn't have an allergy, then I'd probably be like, why, why would I be doing this podcast? If, so it's amazing how obviously you kind of use your experience and obviously use it for a positive by obviously creating products. So from if we go back to the beginning in regards to like developing like the recipes, was you was it something like you said you was always interested in anyway, like developing recipes like in your own time as like a, a passion? I actually used to hate like anything like that, but because my mum um, constantly had to make everything from scratch for me, um, I learned that I had to do it. And so yeah. it wasn't as hard figuring out um, what, what I could and couldn't eat. And so, yeah, we literally started in my kitchen. We were like putting things together, mashing things up. The first bars we uh, put out there, uh, people actually spat them out, which was... Uh, not very nice, but I mean, I guess. Is that when you was doing your, your kind of tests, is, like you said, on Kensington kind of like high street? Is that, was that kind of like your research to find out if people actually want to buy this product? Yeah, pretty much. It was like my mum making some in her kitchen, us doing some. And it was, yeah. It, I mean, it wasn't a mass market product, put it that way. It was more for people who really couldn't eat anything else and would choose to eat that and I didn't want it to be a product like that I wanted it to be a product that everyone wanted to enjoy and if you happen to have allergies great it caters for you and so you don't have to feel like you're missing out so when you go to school if you've got a normals pack actually the friend your friend next to you wants the normals pack as well rather than teasing you over something that they've got what was the first ever product you did then was it like a was it a snack bar yeah so we had the superfoods um just because i we used them in like smoothies and things like that and that was like our core range and i wanted to do food on the go so the first range was our like snack bars and we did like 50 gram bars they were quite big and chunky was they like massive <laughs> yes and that wanted to make them like super amazing and everything and the cost to make one at one stage was like five pounds and I was like no one's going to buy a five pound bar but yeah we rendered it all and we got the recipes right it took around 12 months to just get it completely right and then we went out to market with a really good product good price point of like 99 pence and people were able to buy it and enjoyed it I thought what was like really interesting when I was kind of like reading your story online, like you said, you had this massive bar and like obviously people wasn't buying it because it was just like way too big. And like you said, in terms of like proskites per one per unit. And so you made it smaller and it was, and that was, that, that was like a massive success, weren't it? When you made it smaller and more affordable, like you said, to the consumers. Yeah. And it was, it was really interesting to see how packaging can make such a difference as well. Um, so for example, the first bars you'll see probably online, it's, they were done in paint. Like literally we designed them in paint, <laughs> Matt did them and we had like a jungle theme. It was awful. It like looking back, um, I don't know what we were thinking, but it, it was really cool to see how the brand's grown in, in terms of how we've modernized it and made it more simple yet really vibrant and colorful. Um, and encompass the fact that yes I am like the owner of the brand and I am the founder I used to have that sort of issue putting myself in as the sort of face of the brand 
Um, at the beginning, it was all, I would always sort of be behind closed doors. Um, but now you'll see, like, I have my signature on the back of pack. We, like, on the Instagram, people talk to me. They talk directly to me. You talk to me. Um, if it, if my team answers something, they'll ask me, oh, we've done this. And that's so important, I think, because allergy sufferers need to know that I know what they're going through. Um, that's the whole point of it. I think it's so important to like have a face. So f for me, like, because I know you're like the face of like Creative Nation and that you live with so many different allergies that like your product is definitely going to be allergy free and you're, you're taking all these like precautions to make sure there's definitely no cross contamination. Whereas like some brands like, yeah, they say it's allergy free, but you don't know really like who set it up or who made it. So I think that kind of like brand story of like making it like sharing your story and your experiences, like people kind of buy into that. Definitely. And I mean, that's why I really liked your podcast because it was so real. I think, I think that's the thing we, some allergy sufferers, like we we're scared to actually share the sort of real side of it and the, and also the fun side and the lightheartedness of having an allergy, um, it, I don't feel that it should limit us. I feel that we should actually use it for good. And maybe like at the end of the day, you wouldn't have may contain if you didn't have your allergy and I wouldn't have creative nature. So I mean, they're both positive things. Yeah. And I think like, I always like try and strike the balance of like, yeah, like allergy is like very serious, but also you can also have fun as well. And it's like, like you said, it's like striking that balance of like, having fun with the allergy and then these times where you've got to be serious about it and it doesn't have to be serious all the time no it definitely doesn't not all the time so you launched you launched your snap bar and what was really interesting like you, you got your massive break when you finally got into the the big supermarkets can, can we talk about that when you went down to the show to promote the product and it was like your last bit of like marketing budget to get it out there can we talk a bit about your experience at the show and obviously getting to massive supermarket chains to buy into Creative Nature. Yeah, I mean, that was a super scary time. Um, I Just before that, I got, we had tried to go for investment, uh, got turned down by everyone. I came from banking as well. So I thought, okay, I know a lot of people. I'm going to get some investment. I, I, I was really confident about that. Um, so to get told no, like over and over again and then to get like we we did a public campaign as well on crowdcube um and to get called a little girl that i would never launch into a supermarket with two people publicly it really did sort of affect me um more than i thought it would um and i i really did think oh am i doing the right thing is this is this going anywhere um and matt reminded me to me he's like why like think about why you started this what what what's the purpose have you like actually achieved the purpose the goal and the goal was to help allergy sufferers and make them feel like they could eat something like me like I can yeah. um and I was like no I haven't done it and I was like and we're not even tipping the iceberg yet like it's it, it so he was like right so we've got to keep going but there needs to be a like we needed a plan in place and we wanted to get into the supermarkets so I was like we needed to get out there and yeah, like you said, I used my last bit of marketing budget on this show and it was, uh, it, it was expensive, but I basically brought in a couple of people, um, and I paid them and I said to them, like, can you pitch every single person that comes to the stand like they are the next Tesco or Asda or Sainsbury's? 
And they said, well, what if we feel like they're wasting our time? And I was like, no one's wasting our time. I was like, because you don't know who they know or who they are. It's, it's really important. And I still think that today, like even when we met, it was so important to talk to everyone there because you just don't know who they are, who they know and yeah. give everyone the time think, of day. Yeah. I also think that because you don't know like who they know or like what connections they have and like, I think like if you, if you always have that mindset as well that like you that you are still like obviously like it's absolutely massive now but by having that mindset that like to speak to everyone at the show then you never know where these opportunities going to happen and I think what's more amazing as well you kind of talk about getting that investment and getting turned down but I think like you've like proved them all wrong now and like you said like a lot of them I can imagine have probably bring you back saying oh like by the way like, I do want to invest in creative nature and I think having that mindset. And I think it was really empowering for like young women as well. who want to get into business or want to um, found a company that like, you know what, if you persevere with it and you believe in yourself, you can achieve anything. Yeah. I hundred percent behind that. I, I think, yeah, young women, any, anyone really who wants to get into entrepreneurship, just go for it. Even if you start small, like just start that's what I think anyway what what's the worst that's going to happen like it's not going to work out and you can try something else um but yeah I mean it was really tough for me at, at that stage um but we we managed to actually secure uh Tesco's Anacardo but it was really interesting because at the show we thought nothing like not many things happened like it was like oh okay um, it was a good show, but we haven't got any huge leads. But a week later, I got a call uh, from the Tesco buyer. She's like, oh, um, I didn't tell you who I was at the time, um, but I, I was actually the tes- I was actually worked for Tesco's. And I was like, I was literally in my office. It was a tiny little box office. And I was jumping up and down going, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> it was so exciting. And she's like, I really want to launch your products in store but there is one thing you have to commit to. And I was like, okay, what's that? And she's like, well, we want to launch you in three weeks time. Obviously I just said, yes, not thinking about the scale of it. Um, I just said, yeah. And uh, went downstairs to the warehouse and told Matt. And he was just like, no, you need to call her back and say no. Uh, And I was like, no, I was like, I'm not calling her back. We're going to find a way. So we found a way. We, we we had everyone in packing, literally everyone, like mum, dad. Bear in mind, they're split up as well. So how many orders? How many orders did they place then? When you was like, oh my god, like this is a massive order. It was ten pallets of eight hundred kilograms per per pallet, and a pallet is like a taller taller than you. So oh my god. Pretty yeah, and imagine there's like li- the little bars and stuff. So it's like thousands and thousands. It was crazy, but we did it all. We packed. We worked out on this huge like spreadsheet. We did um, that if we packed till three in the morning every day for the next three weeks, we would make it. Um, and that's what we did with all our we family. Did that? Yeah, all our family were in. It was it was insane. Oh my god! So you kind of like <laughs> worked out the logistics. Like, if we actually stay up to three AM packing all these products, we can make this massive order. Would Would you say that was Would you say that was your big break where you've been working really hard to kind of launch these products and get it recognised and seen, and then finally to obviously Tesco was like ring you up and say we want to place this massive order. Would you say that was like a, a changing point in creative nature. I think it was definitely a 
a big moment um and it, it was it was a changing moment in the sense it gave me the sort of confidence to carry on and go actually no this is there is this business has got legs and I can do this um and we can do this as a team but it wasn't the that as in the be end and end all because actually we launched in Tesco's um uh we had those same investors come back and want to buy the company that called me a little girl, which was quite interesting. Um, yeah. um, sorry about that. Uh, That's okay. But yeah, we had um, we had the Tesco buyers, uh, so the investors come back and actually want to buy the company, which was really cool. Um, but after that, uh, Tesco's actually delisted us. So you recently won two awards at the Free From Awards and it's for the chocolate baking mitts and for the normals. Am I pronouncing that right? <laughs> the normals. The normals. I still can't pronounce it. We should literally do a thing about how to pronounce normals. Like... <laughs> yeah, you should get loads of people saying it. It'd be a great little piastrant. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was super cool to win. It was our first virtual award as well, which was kind of cool to go to a virtual awards. Um, but yeah, it was fantastic to hear from the judges that they absolutely loved how easy the cake was as well, because a lot of free from products, sometimes you have to add a lot to them to make them taste good. But with ours, yeah. literally the cake, you just add uh, vegetable oil and rice milk. That That's it. And, it, and it's put it in the oven. It's dead simple to make, yeah. Yeah, and that's what we wanted. Um, and then with the Norbles, yeah, they're, they're sort of our groundbreaking product um, because it's I, it's really close to my heart because I've always wanted a product that is super like indulgent yet still healthy um, and tastes like nuts but isn't nuts. But yeah, so I mean... And it, it, and it tastes really good because obviously I got the opportunity to taste it when I met you on this TV set and honestly there was there's really no so you got two different range. I remember I tried the hazelnut range and I have you, is it like an orange you've got like an orange flavored taste as well yeah yeah we've got like a so we've got the protein ones which are like the uh, cacao orange and salted caramel and then we've got the larger Malteser size ones which is the hazelnut and milk um but yeah you actually got to taste with everyone else there the original ones like they'd just come off the light line no one else had tried them that's amazing so got the first time that's friends before they kind of come out and stuff yeah exactly <laughs> so was it amazing obviously because you've always kind of like really been big on like obviously like the recipes and making it taste good because like you said i can imagine like these a lot of these free from brews it didn't always like taste that good because they took away like some different allergens and I think it's so important like like you said that you you really for you is always getting the taste good and that like you was always experimenting with different flavors to make sure that it was like incredible yeah I, I think that's so important and we do have a lot of taste tests and that's why we always try and get allergy sufferers involved as well and um, when we are going through the taste stages because I know everyone has a different sort of opinion but it's good to get a general consensus of what's liked what's not liked is something too sweet too salty um and obviously the first thing we go for is it's got to be top 14 allergen free and then the next best thing is the taste and then we tailor the nutritionals around it and we've always worked with nutritionists um so we um used to actually have a, a couple of in-house nutritionists that used to help us um 
make sure that we've got enough protein and enough fiber. And that is so important, I think, in today's society with everything that's happening and obesity on the rise, diabetes, etc. Um, so yeah, I think that's really important. I think what was really fascinating as well, like you've obviously like reading your story, like you've won like so many different awards, whether it's for the products, like the the taste, um, being an entrepreneur. Um, what was like your most proudest award like to date where you was like, I'm really happy to kind of achieve this award? It's crazy looking back at the awards. Uh, sometimes like maybe we, we did it last year and looked back at everything we'd done and it was like, wow, like we actually did that. Um, but oh, the best one, I'd have to say it's um, last year I made the Forbes 30 under 30 list. That's oh, wow probably the coolest like I I've had that goal since I was I can't remember how old but yeah I've always wanted to literally like be on like be in Forbes be on the 30 under 30 list um and yeah we, we did it last year but but what was even cooler that year I don't know what I was more excited about actually um Daniel Ratcliffe Harry Potter was on the list with me so I was I'm a super Harry Potter oh fan. So literally I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to meet Harry Potter. I'm going to meet Daniel Radcliffe. This is super cool. So even though I'm an entrepreneur and suffer from allergies and everything, I still have like a crazy obsession about Harry Potter. With Harry Potter. <laughs> did you actually get, did you actually meet him then? Did you get the opportunity to meet him? In the they, they've cancelled the summit because of... Oh. COVID but it will be postponed so I will get to go to the summit and I everyone will be yeah. there um it was really cool because there was people like Jess Glynn on there and amazing people so to even be up there I was just like this is insane like I've actually influenced the industry and people are noticing I bet you anything you're going to be on there like we'll see you on there we'll see <laughs> I'm working on a few things like I, I like it's so strange like during this time because I feel like I don't want to like waste my time and like I'm always like trying to work on my podcast on my blog and like there's there's another project which I'm working on at the minute which got postponed because of like coronavirus so I wanted to do like a big campaign and that kind of got put on hold which as 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 being in isolation um how's that been with you with creative nature obviously you have to change the way of working has that affected creative nature yeah i mean so unfortunately we launched normals just before lockdown um we launched into like whole foods john lewis all of those campaigns got pulled um we lost a lot of money at, on shows we spent thousands of pounds all of them have been cancelled exports shut down so we had launches in singapore and australia that's gone so, I mean, those are really bad, but then there are positives. Um, I mean, we're doing amazing on Amazon. We're getting more people to buy direct from us and locally, which is, which is fantastic. We're communicating with the community more. We've got more, like our staff, my, my team who are working from home, they, they have more time to actually contact people. And, and that's fantastic because then we can get to know our consumers yeah. more. So there Consumers, are yeah. yeah positives and negatives with with both I think. And for anyone with allergies, what would your top tip be? Ah, uh, top tip. I'm like putting you on the spot. When someone asks me this, like I'm always a bit like, ah, oh, I've got so many. <laughs> it is difficult to have one. Um, I'd say don't be scared of your allergies. I think I think that's key because I find so many people I meet. Um, 
a lot of parents, obviously, because the, some parents don't have the allergy and their child does. And so they become very scared, which is understandable because my mum was petrified of everything. Like yeah. Um, and they, yeah, they become very scared and then their child is therefore very scared too. So, and I would never have done what I would have done, like what I've done today. And I'm sure you wouldn't have if you were constantly worrying and constantly scared. Yes, we have to be concerned and vigilant and aware of our surroundings and the people, but don't let that stop us doing what we want to do and, and speaking up as well. Yeah, I think that's like so important. And I just want to like end it with obviously like creative nature. It's been amazing, like the journey you've been on from people saying like, oh, you're not going to get the investment. Oh, you're not going to achieve this. And then to prove everyone wrong. And now it'd be like one of the biggest kind of like free from algae snacks out there. What What is kind of like the, the journey next for creative nature? Do you have a few things in the pipeline? Yeah, we have lots in the pipeline. We've got new products, which is really exciting. I really want to be the free from brand that people choose, um, like people go to and say, okay, yeah, I really trust that of creative nature and they know what they get. And I think that'd be perfect. We really want to start exporting. So doing more around the country. And then I have quite a few things coming up in terms of charity work as well that I'd like to do. And also things like this, collaborating with other allergy sufferers like you, um, like what allergy, there's, there's so many people out there that, need their story to be heard and I think if we could all collaborate together the message is going to be so much stronger and I think it was amazing um obviously you've been donating the products to the hospital which actually saved your life could, could we end on that story can you tell us a bit about like um how they save your life like what happened and why it's so important to give back yeah that the St Peter's Hospital it's a local hospital to me um they've saved my life numerous times but the one that I probably remember the most is uh, when I had pancreatitis when I was nine um, and I was given four hours left to live. Uh, and wow. that was really that was really serious. Um, and yeah, I mean, I was in there for I was out, out of school for a whole year. So it was great that the nurses all there took care of me. They like Santa came at Christmas and dropped presents. And yeah, it was it was amazing. So I just wanted to do my bit in a way and I just wanted to give back to the same people who saved my life now that they need they because they're working like 12 hour shifts and yeah, not being able to like eat that. so I wanted to just say thank you really so yeah we dropped a load of normals and snack bars and all of that and they just they were so grateful it was it was so nice to see and I encourage as many people as possible whatever you can give even if it's the tiniest amount just give it just try um anyone will be grateful for it yeah i think that's absolutely amazing when i kind of read it online and um it's great to actually hear your story in person of like how they've saved your life on so many different occasions thank you so much for coming on the make and tame podcast today honestly it's been really interesting to kind of find out about yourself and your journey and then more importantly like the creative nature and the journey that's took you on thank you so much it's been super fun thank you hey